Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. Let's talk about Spearbox. A lot of people have asked me about this band, and I am a fan. But most importantly, what I'm interested in is how they've become so successful so quickly. You know, it seems like they're an overnight success, and to some extent, they kind of are. But I think really, like most other so-called overnight successes... There's a lot more to it than that. So that's what I want to talk about here. In particular, their new album, Eternal Blue, which I was not expecting this. I'll be honest. I mean, they've been doing very well for themselves, and I expected them to do well, but I did not expect this. So this is from my friend Ryan Downey's uh, Substack, which if you're into like industry kind of stuff, I would suggest you check it out. I've known Ryan since like 98 when he was in a band called Burn It Down, and he was doing zines and stuff. He's also written for like a million other outlets. You've read his work. If you've ever read AP, you've, you've read his stuff. Cool guy. OG of like the vegan straight edge hardline kind of world if you're into that. Anyway. This is from his Substack. Huge congratulations to Spiritbox, Jason, Majot, Sean, Haydorn, Lisa Gerlich, everyone at Rise Records, BMG, and the entire band's team for this first week debut for a debut album, no less, built from the ground up with creativity, dedication, vision, and perseverance. This type of success story is a big win for the entire genre. I couldn't agree more. And here's what amazed me. 19,000 pure sales, which means like actual hard copies sold. 23,000 total activity. So that includes the streams because the, the way they compute this, I think, is 1,250 streams equals one album sold is the last that I recall hearing. So in total, 23,000 albums sold or the equivalent thereof, which puts them at number 13 on the Billboard 200. That's really impressive to me because it's been quite a while since a new metalcore band, I'll call them metalcore, with the debut album charted that high on Billboard. I can't remember last time that happened, actually. I mean, maybe back in the in the Joey days, the Rise days, maybe something like that. I don't know. It's been a while. That's no joke. I mean, number 13 on Billboard. Now, they're probably not going to stay there next week, but fuck it. Like, that's amazing. Number one in rock, number one in hard rock, number one in vinyl, number two internet albums, number two independent. I don't know why they're considered independent because they're on Rise, which is owned by Sony, but whatever. Number three digital albums, number three album sales, number eight in Australia, number 17 in Germany, number 19 in the UK, number 50 in Switzerland. That's amazing. So what I wanted to talk about a little bit is how they made that happen. This is mostly just speculation on my part. I did a podcast with Courtney that was really good, but 
just pretty much speculation on, on my part from kind of what I've observed. Here are my thoughts. In general, you know, I think when you see a band succeed like this or like I Prevail did a few years ago or, uh, you know, anytime that a band like this has kind of a breakout success, you want to attribute it to some smart move that they made, like one big thing. Here's the trick. Here's what they did. Because now every other band can do the same. And now this is like the keys to the castle. Now we know how to become as successful as they are. As much as I've tried to find that for Spearbox, I don't think there is one. I think the Spearbox story is more along the lines of, of what Ryan said here, built from the ground up with creativity, dedication, vision, and perseverance. I think that they're an example of somebody who succeeded, not because they did some kind of clever hack or had some sort of secret or you know some industry relationship i just think they did everything right there's no gimmick they don't even really have like a big breakout hit all their songs are kind of consistently around the same level give or take a bit i think they're just it's like executing the fundamentals you know if, if any of you play sports or anything like that it's all about executing the fundamentals well i think that's what they did and to me, that's the most that's the most inspiring thing, you know, because that means anybody can do this. This means you just execute really well and you'll have success as compared to I'll say I prevail. I'm not taking anything away from them, but with I prevail, clearly what put them over was their Taylor Swift cover. They covered blank space in 2014, I think, when doing metalcore covers of pop songs like that was still, you know, relatively fresh. And then everyone else saw <laughs> like, oh, that's how I prevail blew up. Well, we're going to do it too, except it didn't work for anybody other than them because it's fucking played out. Good for I Prevail for using that as kind of their breakout. Well, I guess it worked for Bad Wolves too, but they, they didn't do it with the intent of blowing up off that cover. It just happened. Well, I Prevail did too because they did a lot of kind of like viral growth hacking stuff on Facebook too as far as like replying to comments so people get notifications, blah, blah, blah. I Prevail did kind of growth hack their way to success and I'm not taking anything at all away from that. That's smart, you know, and the stuff that they did in 2014, that was like really cutting edge social media stuff at that time. So not taking anything away from them, but with Spearbox, I think it's a different story. It's really just a story of people who are industry veterans, learned a lot from that experience, and now you're seeing the, the product of all that experience and success. I guess that's the first thing I wanna talk about is to make sure that that everyone's aware of kind of their history and the fact that these are not kids. This is not their first band. They've been in a couple bands, but the one that you may know them from, Courtney and Mike. Courtney's the singer. Mike is the guitarist, and they're they're also married. They were an I wrestled a bear once. Let's listen to that because you can kind of see how much better they've gotten since then too. <laughs> This is cool, and you can definitely tell the potential here, but Spirit Box is so much better in every way than this. I know that you nerdy, you know, math core, wheedly wheedly type people probably like this because it has more wheedly wheedlies in it. But from the songwriting, Courtney's vocals, the stage presence, the production, the playing, just everything about this, no disrespect to this. I'm sure they would agree with me. This is, you know, seven years ago. You can just see that they're students of the game. I mean, this is good. Right? But Spirit Box like is just better than this in every way and you can see how much work they've put in. So, you know, you can see how this is sort of the seeds of Spirit Box. Nerds will like this better, of course, because nerds always like the scrunky thing better. But nerds are a small market. Another song that I think is a good example. It's a funny little skit in this video that I'm going to skip. I 
Like, this is pretty good. Spirit Box does this same thing better in every way. It's not bad or anything. It's just Spirit Box is just better in every way. I'm sure the people in the band would agree with me. Most people will disagree with you, Finny boy. Well, you can skip the condescending language for one. But, objectively, Spirit Box is more successful, though. so the market has spoken. The people have spoken, and they have said that you are wrong, and I am right. Anyhow, my point is not to, like, trash I Wrestled the Bear once. My point, because they were good. My point is to say that they have well over a decade of experience. And so even though they may be a relatively new band, think about how many shows they played, how many albums they recorded, how many songs they wrote. Courtney and Mike are married. They've been together for a really long time. So they have this like dynamic. So before they even played a single note as Spirit Box, they already had all this experience. And that counts for a lot. You've seen this graphic of like the iceberg of like a successful entrepreneur or whatever. You see the top of it. But what you didn't see is the years and years and years of sacrifice and hard work and all that stuff that led up to that. I think they're a great example of this. I wrestled the bear once was cool. Don't get me wrong. But they're a lot better now than they were then. The other thing is that they have learned restraint. The I Wrestle the Bear songwriting was very like zany and that's why nerds like it. I think the Spirit Box stuff, they're better songs, even though they're better players now. I mean, it was 10 years ago. How could they not be? But they've learned restraint. They're better songwriters now. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where 
There's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too, to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. The thing that really kind of made them break through was this video, which is about a year and a half old. You know, they've been making some noise and stuff, but this is the video that really put them over, I think. This video of Courtney doing a one-take live performance of their song Rule of Nines in their home studio. Nothing fancy here, but this is it. This part's pretty funny. It's time for singing and then some screaming. So this video has 3 million views, which is a fucking ton for a an unedited, like just plain old, just Courtney singing in their home studio video. There's nothing fancy about this. It has 3 million views. And why is that? Well, we'll skip ahead a bit. There's a few things going on here that I think made this video so successful. For one, the fact that it is a live one take performance, I think is a big part of it because this genre, a lot of it is kind of fake and overproduced and stuff. So the fact that they sort of were willing to be vulnerable and show a raw take, which isn't perfect. I mean, it's a fantastic vocal performance, but it's not perfect as she would tell you. I think people respond to that because so much of this genre is just so like fake and sterile. Second, you know, just that little thing at the beginning of her saying it's time for some screaming and some singing. She has a very like dry wit like that. And I think it really works for her. It just shows a little bit more personality. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing as Ginger. Their video for Pisces that has like five bajillion views now of like seeing a pretty girl scream like that is just kind of inherently something you don't expect, right? And like the thumbnail, I think is really good. Pretty girl with brightly colored hair. That's a good thing to click on, right? So this video, I think is kind of, to me, what really put them on the map. And I think it's just a great example of when you have all the raw materials, which is a charismatic front person with talent, and good songs, you kind of don't really need more than that, right? Any of us with a halfway decent phone could make this video. And if I made this video, no one would watch it. But when Courtney makes it, it works because she is Courtney. She has an interesting kind of charisma, which is why I wanted to play this. She's so like low key and she's, she's not a big personality at all. She's like kind of the opposite, but it works for her. Like she's almost, if, if anybody else did this, it would, it would feel boring, but for some reason, with her, it just works. Producing us and for all our friends who came out to the show. And I think we've made some new friends. Right? I mean, she's not like, what the fuck is up, Louisville? Show us what the fuck you got. She's just like, hey guys, thank you for coming to watch our band. Um, we're having a great time. <laughs> she's like the, the gent Billie Eilish. Here. I want some fucking more. Like she says it in such a kind of unassuming, 
not aggressive way, which again, for most people would be lame, but for her, for some reason, it just works. That's what charisma is. Charisma is when you can do stuff like that and people like it and think it's cool. I could do the same thing and I would just seem like a fucking dork that didn't belong on that stage. But when she does it, you're like, man, Courtney's so cool. Like she doesn't even have to try. She's just cool. That's the power of charisma and she's got it. Another thing I think is really smart with them is they didn't really let themselves get boxed into a sound. So probably their first big song was this holy roller they'd had they put out an ep before this i think but this was their first big one which i would call like this is like a metalcore banger which is you know that's a great song to kind of be your breakthrough song Someone in the chat here says this song is pretty basic. Well, that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. That's restraint, but it's really catchy. Like, I'm not that into this style of like sort of gent core. Not my thing, obviously. I've talked shit on it a million times. I like this song a lot. It opens with a catchy little hook, that little like sort of distorted vocal line that they do. The main riff is awesome. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're not doing anything that's never been done before, but they just do it really fucking well. I'm watching these not in order, but I just want to sort of show the range here. So that's like their metalcore banger. This is more of what you would call, I guess, like an octane core single. Just kind of a straightforward hard rock song, but very well done. Again, I don't like this kind of stuff for the most part, but when they do it, it works. I wouldn't necessarily choose to listen to this because it's not my thing, but it's very well done. If I'm going to listen to this style, I would listen to this. And I think it's a combination of restraint. You know, I think Mike is the primary songwriter that Mike and the other songwriters have learned how to, you know, write songs instead of just playing crazy shit. And the fact that Courtney's vocals are just that good, you know, and it's not that she's the most technical singer on earth. She's certainly very good. But the thing with vocals is they got to make you want to feel something. That's when you take like a song uh, like this one here, Constance. This song is about Courtney's grandma having dementia and just sort of dealing with the fact that somebody you love is getting older and, and dying. And it's one of these things where you listen to her sing and you feel something. And that's what so many of these bands don't have. Like, I don't feel anything when I listen to them compared to this. I mean, like this part here, especially when you know what the song is about, you feel it. And you look in the comments here, people are saying the same thing. It's a fucking sad song. You know, they have a range of emotion. They can do, I would say, Holy Roller. You know, that's your metalcore banger. They've got the octane core songs. And this isn't a ballad exactly, but this is like a, you know, this is a sad song. They actually have something to say. This is part of the reason why Architects is so good. Like the song Gone with the Wind is like, it's, it's fucking hard to listen to because it's about the dude's fucking brother dying. It's about Tom dying of cancer. You know, people pick up on that. They can tell if you have something to say, people can pick up on that. And again, I think that's part of them being adults, you know, that they're, I guess they're in their thirties now probably. And they've, you know, been through some stuff. They're married. They have, they're dealing with their parents getting older. They actually have something to say. And it's something that people can relate to. Unlike a lot of these bands, which are like young dudes that just kind of, I think don't really have anything to say. Speaking of architects, 
This is my favorite song on the new album. More of a banger. Featuring Sam from Architects. This is gent core for sure, but this is good. I like this. Somebody talked about their packaging and their branding matching the music, which it does. I think that's the last thing that I wanted to point out is that I think their visuals are a big part of this. They've consistently had really good, clever videos. I think, again, Holy Roller being the song that broke them through. This is a very different, clever video. It really makes use of Courtney as a star also. Kind of reminds me of Midsummer. I don't know if that was on purpose, but that's what it reminds me of. I believe that they directed this themselves. I think they directed their first couple videos themselves. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Again, it's like, what are you doing that's different than everybody else? No genting in a colored room. You know, some of their videos are you know, fairly straightforward, but especially when they're breaking out, they consistently had really cool visuals. Something as simple as the fact that Courtney always has like brightly colored hair. Even just something that simple is enough to stand out in a sea of dudes with beards that look like baristas or waiters at your local gastropub. You know, the fact that they just look a little bit different, it matters. That their videos are a little bit different, that matters. Again, I think they've just executed really well here. And this is not a super high budget video. I'm pretty sure they just filmed this like in their hometown. Just a little bit of makeup, but they just did something a little bit different. And going back to I Wrestled the Bear once, I think, you know, obviously they had a lot of experience with that because I Wrestled the Bear once was very clever, funny, like ridiculous band. And I think they've got to flex those muscles a lot there. Now they're able to, you know, use that same creativity, just maybe in a little bit less zany way. But the visuals, I think, are a big part of this. The last thing I wanted to mention is that I, I think they quit their day jobs. I could be wrong about that. But until very recently, like when I did the podcast with Courtney, her and Mike still had day jobs doing like data entry for some healthcare company. So they're smart. They de-risked this. They didn't put all their eggs in the basket of the band. And the reason why that's smart is because that enables them to, A, take risks creatively, because, you know, if people don't like something, it's not the end of the world because, you know, it's not paying your bills. And B, it just kind of takes the stress off. It makes it a little bit more fun and, and allows you to just kind of not worry. It allows you to breathe a little bit more. And anytime you're more comfortable and you can breathe a little bit, you're probably going to make better art. And it's just smart, you know, as adults with families and stuff, when you're 32 years old or however old they are, you don't necessarily want to sell everything and live in a van with six of your friends all the time, you know? So I think that's smart and it's very inspiring to me also. Another note, another thing that I want to mention, they're from Vancouver Island, Vancouver Island, BC. It's not exactly the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of the middle of nowhere. You have to take a ferry to get to BC or to, you know, the Seattle area. It's kind of isolated. It's, it's kind of far out there. It's beautiful, but it's very expensive and it's kind of isolated. And they made it happen from Victoria, BC. You know, it, that's not an easy place to make it. That's very far away from anything music related that's happening. Not the place you want to be if you're trying to make it. And they did. So I think that's cool and inspiring for anybody watching who is trying to make a living as a creator or a musician or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to live in a cool big city to make it happen. And they're proof of that. Anyway, just to wrap up the discussion of Spirit Box, I just think it's super cool to see them succeed the way that they have. And I think that really it's a testament to just what can be done if you just execute well. There's no hack. They don't have some big secret. They don't have a gimmick. I'll probably call this video something corny like the secret to Spirit Box's success or something like that. But there is none. The secret is just that they executed really well on the fundamentals because they've been grinding, playing music in bands and shit for 
10, 15 years now. When you do anything that consistently for that long, you're going to get good at it. And I think it's cool, super inspiring and uh, to see what they've accomplished. And I just wanted to say congratulations to them and their team. And I'm excited to see what's next for them. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.